the end of this. So if you want to know why I wrote all this, go to my website, adeadguy.com, and I'll explain everything there. And now... A fictitious interview with the author at an obscure cable TV station. Inside the control room of a small cable TV station, the director sat in front of a large console displaying an assortment of glowing buttons and screens. He swiveled his chair towards the plate glass window to his right, put on a headset, and motioned to the cameraman in the studio beyond to do the same. The director said, Can we check this mic? Have the guest say something. The guest for that night's show was Eric Bickernix, an author pitching his new book. He sat alone in a director's chair surrounded by a black curtain and a pair of ficus plants, the typical set for a tiny cable station. The camera one operator leaned out from behind his camera and said, Can you say something? Eric hesitantly said, Something? Paused, then quietly repeated, Something. Back in the control room, the director shouted, Jesus Christ, can we get this fucking guy to speak? We need a level. He hit the button on the studio intercom and impatiently said, Eric, what did you have for breakfast today? Eric looked up at the ceiling, which seemed to be the source of the imposing voice. Um, I think I had an Egg McMuffin at McDonald's. The director asked the audio guy sitting next to him, Did you get that? Without looking up from his soundboard, he yawned and said, It's cool. The director took a sip from a Coke can and placed it under the console. When did you put the order in? I'm ready to chew my arm off. The audio guy made a final adjustment to one of the knobs. About 30 minutes ago. The host of the show walked into the studio and sat down in the director's chair opposite from Eric. An attractive woman in her 30s wearing a pencil skirt and blouse. She stuck her hand under her butt and fished around for a tiny microphone attached to a wire. She then clipped it on the front of her collar and said, Are you guys fine if I smoke in the warehouse? It's freezing outside. The director's voice boomed from the ceiling. Whatever, just don't sit on the mic next time. The director asked the audio guy, Do you have this guy's name entered into the Chiron? The audio guy slid his chair over to a computer screen. No. The director adjusted his headset and said, Camera one, get the guy to spell his name. The cameraman leaned out and asked Eric, Can you spell your name? Huh? Oh yeah, it's Eric, with a C. Bickernicks. B-I-C-K-E-R-N-I-C-K-S. The director watched the name appear on the monitor as the audio guy typed his name into the computer, then muttered to himself, What a weird fucking name. He went back to the control console and told the audio guy, I'm going to start rolling, you ready? Back in the studio, the host touched up her makeup in a little mirror and asked Eric, What kind of name is that? It's Latvian, Eric said. Both my parents came over with their parents in the 1950s. They met and had me here. Latvia? Where is that? The host asked. Eric began to speak. It's... Camera 2 cut him off. Stand by, we're rolling, he shouted out. The sound of music playing in the control room could be faintly heard in the studio. The cameraman counted down, five, four, three, two, then pointed towards the host. The host did her intro. 
Welcome to another episode of For the Record. Tonight, I'm speaking with author Eric Bickernix. The book's title is Artifice, and it's a story about an artist's struggle to achieve fame and fortune. It's good to have you with us, Eric. Um, hey. This is your first book. Right, I'm worried that my middle school English teacher will call me at any moment and point out the bad grades I got in English, then scold me for attempting such a thing. The director spoke into his headset. Camera one, check your focus on the guy. The cameraman zoomed in on a pimple on Eric's chin and focused. The audience saw a close-up on the host as Eric spoke off-camera about being a failed filmmaker and how he wanted to tell his stories in book form. Where did you get your idea for the book? The host asked. I sell kettle corn at a farmer's market, Eric said. There was an artist who was selling paintings from his tent. I asked him if I could commission a painting from him and how much it would cost. He gave me a rough price. Camera one whispered into his headset, I like kettle corn. Christ, I could use some now, the director said. I thought this guy said he was an author. Eric continued his story to the host. I wanted to bust his balls, so I asked, Would you have a problem if I burned your painting in front of you? He thought for a moment, then said it would be fine as long as he got paid. I then asked him how long he would put up with me paying him and then burning his paintings in front of him. He figured he could do that for a while since the money would be good. I then tormented him further by proposing to buy everything he owned, then burning it all in front of him just to be funny. At this point he told me that I was getting into a gray area, because it was, well, his life's work. Later that day I thought, this would make an interesting story. The host asked, Are you an artist? My thing was cartooning when I was growing up. One year of art school killed all that. I then got into filmmaking and used my visual skills there. I also tried being a drunk musician in my 20s, but that didn't work out. Why not? I don't like to drink, Eric said with a grin. I'll need a drink if I have to listen to any more of this guy's jokes, the director muttered into his headset. So you've created music, film, and now books, the host asked. But I don't think of myself as an artist. Why not? I can keep a day job. The host asked Eric, I get the sense you don't like artists. He smiled. No, no, they're the most interesting kind of people. I guess I have to admit that I am one, but it seems so sad. There's no guarantee anyone will like your stuff, and if your sense of self-worth is dependent upon the public's acceptance of your output, you're going to be a very depressed individual. But what about the famous artists out there? People love them. Those are outliers. Once you get comfortable with obscurity, you become satisfied with yourself. Were any parts of the book true? The host asked. My best friend worked at a frame shop in a small New England town. I used to hang out with him and watch him hang shows and make frames. I basically took what I saw him doing and ran with it. He thought it was kind of eerie reading about his own life when he read my book. He was okay with it? I asked him if I could use what we lived through as source material. He was totally fine with it. It just didn't sink in until the final output was in his hands. He's the guy in my audiobook who read the part of James. We always kind of hoped that someone like a Gary Easton would turn up at a show and pluck us out of obscurity. Isn't that true for all artists? We're a delusional lot, aren't we? It was nice to make it finally happen, at least in a fictional setting. 
A delivery guy holding a pair of pizza boxes entered the control room. Did you guys order the pepperoni and plain cheese? He said. The director quickly spun around in his chair and said to the pizza guy, Oh, shit, yeah. He blurted into his headset, Camera one, hold on the guy. I'm staying on you. Our pizza is here. Both cameramen's sighs were heard through the intercom. The audio guy stood up and took the pizza boxes while the director got some money from his wallet. In the studio, Eric continued speaking. The Monomoy Beach Party literally happened as is. I played bass guitar in a band back in my 20s. We dragged all our stuff out to a sandbar and performed for a couple hundred people that showed up on boats. Some guy overdosed on mushrooms and had to be rescued by the Coast Guard. Before I wrote the chapter about going on a date to the Massachusetts Museum of Fine Arts, I visited the place and had fun pretending to be Gavin. My wifey girlfriend Therese came with me pretending to be Linda. The director said to Camera 2, Give her the wrap-up sign, our food is getting cold. Camera 2 twirled his fingers in the air towards the host. Distracted, she quickly glanced off camera, then said, Wifey girlfriend? Eric continued, Yeah, we're not married, but we've been together for 20 years. She was my editor for this book. She's the one who made me sound literate. The host said to Eric, Well, it was nice having you on our show. Faint music could be heard from the control room again. Eric nodded towards her and gave her a little smile. She looked at the camera. And this has been another episode of For the Record. Good night. Eric quietly asked the host, I thought the show was half an hour. Did that seem kind of short to you? She looked down, unclipped her microphone and said, I think they were short on time. Five seconds later, the director burst through the studio doors. Great job, everyone, he said. The audio guy put the pizza boxes on the set table. Both cameramen ripped off their headsets and grabbed a slice. The host stood up, smoothed out her skirt and said, How did I sound? You're great, the director mumbled through a mouthful of pizza. Eric watched as everyone quietly chewed. He motioned towards an open pizza box. Can I have a slice? The director nodded. Sure. He took a sip from his Coke and said, Where can someone buy this book? I'm self-published on Amazon, Eric said. What kind of books do you guys like? While going for another slice of pizza, the camera one operator said, My brother bought a full-size silicone love doll on Amazon. With or without a drainage hole, the audio guy said. A round of laughter broke out around the room. Ah, the host said in disgust as she left the studio. I'm going to go have a smoke. Hey, I've ordered all sorts of slutty attire for my girlfriend on Amazon, the director said. Don't knock it. The audio guy said, yeah, but you've never ordered an entire girlfriend on there, right? The director shook his head and smiled, nope. With that, no one ever spoke of Eric's book again.